everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks. This is week 77, and you're listening to Club Red, where we talk all things Texas Tech. Unfortunately, we have the end of the basketball season to discuss this week, but on the bright side, we have baseball knocking off Texas to talk about as well, so it's going to be a lit Club Red, Uh, so stay tuned for all of that. But first, make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings on both. You can give us that five stars on Spotify now. If you listen to us on Apple, hit us with the review. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Make sure you're following us on social media. Follow us at Twitter, uh, at Telgate underscore talks. You can also follow our personal accounts. You can follow Dustin at DustinWimmer22 and myself at Calvin B. Barrett. You can also find us on Facebook where we do our live streams every week. And we also have an Instagram where we post videos from time to time. We also have a YouTube channel where we post little clips from the show for you, little bite-sized parts of the podcast there for you to catch, follow our uh, YouTube channel. And lastly, if you have any questions, comments, things you want us to talk about, email us at tailgatetalkspod (coughs) at gmail.com. With all that being said, let's get into this week's Club Red. Start this thing off right. Dustin, it is with sad news we have to come in, and, and this is the last time that we will be talking about this Texas Tech basketball season in total it won't be the last time we talk about texas tech basketball as uh you know it is the off season and moves are going to be made and all of that but as for the playing of basketball it sadly came to an end last thursday night in the sweet 16 to duke coach k uh, and all you know and all those young duke blue devils were able to withstand the red raiders defeating us 78 to 73 in what was a Really damn fun game to watch for the most part. But before we kind of dive into all of that, let's just start off here, kind of where we started off last week. And, you know, where was your head at right before tip? It was late Thursday night. Um, where were you feeling? How was your confidence level? Where were you at? What, what was the vibe there that Thursday night? My confidence level was high. Uh, I think most of my – worries was from which team is going to show up once the ball is tipped off. I think I was nervous drinking because the game didn't start till nine o'clock. It was awful. I was at B-dubs and had a few in before the game started. And I was like, keep them coming. (laughs) This game still has 30 minutes. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) a lot of of anticipation leading up to it. Um, Yeah. And then as soon as we tipped off, you know, great start and, an electric electric side couldn't have started any better and so that just hyped hyped it up the anticipation was worth it to get that kind of start yeah the start made it kind of really calm my nerves because I I was pretty nervous heading into this one I felt good about it but you you knew Duke had the kind of players that could beat us the kind of athletes the kind of offense that could give us problems and and he came out right of the gates. You looked like you were in it and like you were kind of playing loose and your defense was wreaking havoc on Duke. It didn't look like they could get any shots. 
Uh, and so, yeah, that felt really damn good getting up 10 to two coach K has to burn a timeout real early. Uh, and then after that, it was a back and forth game right. from that point on, especially in the first half. Uh, but you were kind of comfortably in the lead there. Yeah. You end up going into halftime up by four. Now you're leading, you know, up by four. They get that bullshit call where Paolo Banchero is dunking it and Davion uh-huh. Warren doesn't even touch him. That's what kind of cuts into that deficit or else yeah, you might yeah. go up, you know, by five. Who knows how that changes things. But how are you feeling at halftime? knowing that we had a four-point lead and, you know, our offense had looked pretty stellar for the most part of the game. Yeah, pretty stellar, and defense was pretty on point as well. I mean, the only thing Paolo was getting was something the refs were giving him or a really deep open three, and he didn't want to take that. I mean, he made one or two in the game, but that's not his shot. It's not what he wants. So we were really good on defense. Uh I love going in with a four-point lead and controlling most of the first half. So that was – things were looking good. I mean, obviously four points in enough, but still good. Yeah, I felt good about where we were, especially how we had played. Yeah. Um, we were really attacking them on – you know, when they were on defense, we were getting to the basket. We knew their weakness was their defense, and we were trying to take advantage of that. And we were doing a pretty good job of it. And then the second half starts – and it is Ooh. just a back and forth battle for that first, you know, yeah. six so minutes of the of the second half. What did you think about that kind of flurry where it was both teams just throwing punch after punch, and both teams looked like pretty amazing offensively there? Yeah, it was a flurry of offense, that's for sure. And I mean, we still scored forty points in the second half. I mean, we played yeah. better second half than first half. I mean, we scored seven more points. I mean, they just scored twenty more and ended up edging us out but yeah what a flurry of offense I mean overall your offense looked good I mean you didn't have a you had very few bad possessions whereas usually we're at you know double digit probably per game and well that possession right. was just a waste of time and so that was nice I mean we only ended up with what eight turnovers and some of them were untimed down the stretch but heck if you show me that and we win the rebounding battle like yeah that's the game we want to play it was looking great. <laughs> yeah, I had no complaints about the no. offense. And, yeah, there's some turnovers there and some ones that you would definitely like to have back. But compared to that Notre Dame game, you know, you looked much better offensively. The only real stretch that bothered you was when Duke switched to the zone. And oh, for the first, like, four or five possessions there, you look like, you yeah. know, that no- whole Notre Dame game all over oh, yeah. again. The only offensive thing we struggled with is – and it's really not our fault. It's really just how Duke plays. They're not an aggressive defense, so they weren't fouling you to let you get to the free throw line. I wouldn't right. say you weren't aggressive enough. I mean, I didn't, we rewatched the game, but I mean, you only got you were only five and nine from the free throw line, and part of that is Duke's pretty passive, and they're not gonna let you get free throws basically. Um, so. I don't think that's on you. I think that's just how they want you to play and finish shots and couldn't couldn't get there. Besides yeah. that, it was yeah, it was all good. But we attacked the basket, yeah, as well too. Like McCullough had a lot of ba- uh, you know points in the paint. Bryson had a lot of points in the paint. O'Banner had his fair share. Yeah. So it's not like you weren't attacking. It's just you know the length that they have, the athleticism they have. They're able to defend you, not foul. Um, I I didn't think we got shafted 
on like some no There's calls. There's a couple I, soft soft calls. I think like on us there were some foul calls that you were definitely questionable. There yeah. were some missed travels. Ooh. The the travels kind of hurt because those were the travels got, are hurting. That's right. They got some threes off of those travels, and then the bad call that I thought kind of really the nail in the coffin was that trap at the end of the game where we got this deal with Kevin O'Banner. Mm, We're down by three. And they hack. called the soft ass hack. Yeah. Jerry Pollard, big 12 ref hooking it up, you know, for the blue bloods like they always do. But you know, the down the stretch there, Duke just goes absolutely unconscious oh from the God. field. They don't miss a single field goal for the last, uh, what, seven and a half, eight seven minutes of minutes, the game. Yeah. And they just go absolutely crazy on you. But, you know, you're still able to stay in the game. You're kind of going back and forth with them there. You have the turnover or the block shot, um, you know, where Bryson's going for the hook and it gets blocked. And then you have the turnover. Duke goes up by five, and that was kind of it. Uh, You hung in, you know, made it close, made them have to make free throws. But ultimately, Duke comes out on top. And so now season's over. What we're – what were you feeling there right at the end of that game? And, you know, then and kind of now that you've had some time to process it and, uh, you know, know that and, and watch it again, I guess you got to yeah, check really, it out twice. I mean, yeah, it's disappointing to lose. I mean, you just never like your season in, especially with this kind of group of guys and coach. But, I mean, you didn't lose that game and, and Duke won the game. Like, yeah. Paolo, Paolo was the best player. You know, and one of the best players in the country and in the tournament, and he proved it and was making shots, and they just took it and wouldn't let you get it back. And so props to them for winning the game. We didn't lose it. I mean, like I said, we had some untimely turnovers down the stretch there that, you know, could have helped us stay in it a little better, but we gave it a really good good effort on that end. I mean, really no regrets there. I mean, you had to play a team that, is in the final four and the favorite to win the national championship right now. Like if you go out by getting beat in a very close game from the national champions and of course coach K's historic yeah. run last season, like, okay, that's fine. Like you didn't waste a chance. You didn't give it away. So I'm not that like heartbroken, I guess at it because it ended in a way that you gave it all your effort. Yeah, I think it's something I talked about last week, you know, that Notre Dame game would have left you sick if you lost that game because right. you didn't play well. Uh, it would have just been a shitty ending to what had been a really fun season. Right, this right. one, I think you can, you know, you don't hang your head by losing to Duke and Coach K and them playing that way. You were in the game the whole entire time. You fought hard. I don't think anybody's looking down on you. Nope. Except maybe Viva the Matadors who tweeted out right after <laughs> Uh, how they were – this was the most frustrating end to a season that they couldn't remember, which I thought was just com- complete bullshit. I mean, that was a really fun game. It was a well-played game. Yeah. Uh, it was a really well-coached game. You know, yes. Coach K adjusted and Adams matched his adjustments, and you were able – they were, you know, throwing punches you know, at each of them. And so, you know, I thought it was a really impressive game by both teams, and they Man, just like- – Player-wise, no one had like a dud game. I mean, right? Uh, Davion kind of had a dud, and you know, just, maybe one. He honestly things, didn't play much though for ten minutes. I mean, yeah, he didn't play much. Everybody the else one, that played double digits, and TJ had eight. Like, yeah, and, and you really played your five starters a whole lot. I, I think every one of them played the most minutes they have <laughs> yeah. this entire season in that game. 
really relied on him, but you kind of needed to. And a lot of parts of this game, there was like three, four minute stretches without clock stoppage. It was just back and forth, back forth. It was a, it was one of the most pleasing tournament games that oh, I can remember watching. So you texted the group. I meant to bring it up. This I held it back. I watched a game for second round that the game started, and we might have had a break in like the first minute or two. And we totally skipped over the under 16 timeout and didn't have a stoppage until the under 12. Like it was 11, like 15 left. And the announcer's like, this is amazing. <laughs> like yeah. we went like seven straight eight minutes or something without anything. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, was, I don't remember a basketball game like that anymore, especially yeah. with kind of how bad no the officiating has been throughout this tournament. So I thought that was nice, but. You know, it, it was it was sad after that game was over. Sure. I just kind of sat there for like thirty minutes, didn't have the TV on, just kind of oh, yeah. scrolling through Twitter, seeing uh, what everybody was saying. I had to stay off of Twitter because it just made me more sad. <laughs> yeah, it's never fun to have your season end, but nah. if there's a way for it to end, it's playing a game like that—a really good game, one exactly. of the best games I think of the tournament, and definitely like one of the best games of the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight. Like, not a lot of me- memorable games in that stretch, but you're able to compete uh, and have a good one. But ultimately, that's where your season comes to an end. This is kind of where we saw our season ending at the beginning of the season. And to come through and do that, it's pretty impressive. So uh, before we kind of wrap up our thoughts on the whole entire season, let's kind of shout out the guys who we know uh, can't return anymore. And that's Bryson. Uh, Bryson Williams, Adonis Arms, Marcus Santos Silva, and Davion Warren. Dustin, let's kind of talk about them and the season that they had and, and what you're going to remember from these guys for, you know, the effort that they put in this season. Man, these guys put themselves right up there with Mooney and Tyreek from three years ago and the transfer guys, you know, that came in and had a huge impact because, I mean – Bryson became your the staple of your team, cornerstone of your team. Adonis became your point guard. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, Davion was a starter for most of the season, and so like for three of those guys to be starters, and Silva with the hugest plays of the season and defensively, like what an amazing group. I mean, Adonis was my kind of. I hope this guy works out. I think at the beginning of our preview last year, when we did it. I was like, man, I really hope this guy. Yeah. Hands out. I didn't, I didn't really know what I saw in him, but man, this is everything I wanted from him. Um, so I'm, I'm sad he can't stay one more year. Like I know Bryson's amazing, but if I had to pick one just personally, I would like Adonis. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bryson, I'm glad he came out of his shell that first month and got his footing. And man, he became such a reliable cornerstone for us. I mean, just go ahead and put a 20 spot by his name almost yeah. every game like and I was impressed that Davion you know went from being such a amazing scorer to one of our better defenders all year like it's a pretty great transition for a guy you know um so yeah they'll all be missed for sure I'm glad Silva got two years out of it here because we've we definitely needed him again this year um he was a great culture guy I know you kind of talk about that all the time with teams and you don't really get it as much with this transfer portal um because guys are moving around so much but the fact that he was here last year and then was a guy that stuck around came back and 
yeah, he was your he was your grit type guy all season. So it's gonna be sad to see all of them leave. Yeah, it's tough. It's fun when you get these guys, but yeah. it sucks when you only get them for one season. And you know, Bryson, like you said, just the how automatic he was. You know, once conference play started, it's definitely one of the best regular seasons by a Red Raider uh, that like you might ever see. Just yeah. how dominant he was. The that Kansas game, even though we lost it, was such a legendary performance. Um, just the consistency he brought was was awesome. And so, you know, you're thankful that he chose us. Uh, Adonis, like you said, he was a big kind of question mark for everybody. We all knew he had some athleticism, but, you know, we were waiting to see what it looked like on this level. And, yeah, just completely amazed by what he was able to do. Uh, kind of started off on the bench. And then, you know, one of your favorite players down the stretch, a guy you yep. relied on, a guy you trusted game in, game out. His Baylor dunk, uh, of oh. course, that lives on, will live on. Um, Davion, like you said, buying in and not necessarily being relied on for his scoring, but for his defensive plays. And then Marcus Santos Silva just kind of being your consistent, uh, consistent, you know, holdover from last year. Didn't, you know, could have pouted, could have been upset oh, yeah. about not getting the minutes or not getting the touches offensively, but instead just put his head down and was like, you know what, I'm going to be – as versatile a defender as I can yep. help this team in any way. And so you just kind of admire a guy who's able to For do sure. that. And so just all of them, you really appreciate what they were able to do. And like you said, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're legendary red Raiders to me. And I'll look back on them as fondly kind of as I do Mooney and Tariq and some of those guys who've come through just, just cause the effort that yep. they put in and the buy-in and especially with the year that we had, you know, exactly. um, with everything that went in before it. And so, so that's kind of the first part of our wrap up. We wanted to shout out those guys. Uh, and now Dustin, the next part here, games and moments that kind of stand out to you from this past season. What are some highlights, maybe individually highlights or just some games that you're going to uh, remember most when you look back on this season? Yeah. I think you mentioned a couple like Bryson's Kansas game, Adonis's Baylor game. And Blueberry took over and dunked all over whoever he wanted to. Um, Silva's you know, Notre Dame stretch right. of three possessions and keeping us going. Um, we, we thought Davion was basically dead at one point, and then he pops up with like two 20 point games, like almost back to back. Like game wise, obviously the 18 0 at home was amazing. Our crowd this year was electric at home. Yeah. I mean, the student section was almost filled up every game. Um, the Texas game was obviously off the charts and will be hard to ever match ever again. Yeah. Um, and the other two I have are the Oklahoma game at home when they barely scored 42 points. Um, they'd have a last second three to break 40, and it took them forever to break 30. Yeah, <laughs> and we were just that was fun. going nuts for every defensive stop and possession. and Still rebound. haven't broke 30. <laughs> and uh, they were just so, like, broken, you could tell. And then, similar to that game, the Iowa State first round Big 12 game, when you smashed them and they only scored 40-some points. Like, yeah. what a couple epic defensive-type games. Um I think like overall, like Mark Adams' second half adjustments were always incredible. Like, need to be in a close game, like 
down, I don't know, four or five points, and then they wouldn't score for the first six minutes. It's like, <laughs> wow. And then all of a sudden the game's over. Like, you yeah. just got it in hand. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead with yours, man. Yeah, I think a lot of those moments are similar to mine. I'm going to remember that Baylor win. Um, yeah. Because it came right after you beat Kansas, and, and it was a time where you still didn't really know what this team was. Right. You, you, like know, you, lost, to that, you lost to that Iowa State game. And then, you know, you turned around, beat Kansas at home. Um, but, you know, you weren't really sure how no. good Kansas was at that time. You knew Baylor was going to be really good, and you went in there on the road and, you know, didn't look good for the first nope. 10 minutes of the game, but then were able to turn around and win that game. And then Adonis's dunk, like, that was incredible. And that's when you knew, oh, shit, we've got something here. Oh. we got a pretty good team. Yeah. And then from there on, you know, of course, we'll never forget the Texas game and how epic that was and that environment. And, oh. um, of course, the guy who was on the other side there. He was so scared. <laughs> he was so scared. And just kind of taking in that whole environment and then dominating the game that we yeah. like we did, you know, just being uh, always kind of in a comfortable lead beating them there to put oh, the cherry on top, of course. <laughs> and so those are really going to be some ones that stand out to me. And then that Baylor game at home, well, too, just because of how crazy O'Banner went off, like for, what, 20-something points yep. in the second half. So a lot of great memories from this team regular season-wise. Of course, I always remember postseason wins, so I think those kind of go unsaid. Oh, but just a really fun season, a lot of moments. And I think what's cool about this team is a lot of guys have their own individual moment in a game. And so I think that's what makes it cool. You don't look back on it and you're like, oh, it's always Kevin McCuller. It was, oh, this game's Kevin McCuller's game. This one's Bryson's. This one's O'Banner's. This one's uh, Davion's. And so they all have their individual moments, which makes this team, I think, even more special. But uh, another thing we've got to remember, you know, for the season is what happened almost a year ago. Yep to the day april 1st it's it's when the previous coach left us and yep you've gone a whole season now you made the sweet 16 they you know were eliminated in around the 32 you beat them twice you know kind of looking back we were pretty mad then where where's your thoughts on everything now and how does that add to how you're gonna remember this season yeah that's what makes the season even more sweet like to sweep them make it farther than them and they were supposed to have all these – they got all the transfers, you know. We were just getting, you know, mid-level type transfers. They got right. like three top ten guys. And they were getting this guy and that guy. But we kept the genius of the operations and more of the cool head. Um, the more I watched the other coach, he looks like a crazy person on the sidelines, whereas you never see our guy do that. Yeah. Um, and so I think we're in a much better place than we could have been. Um, I don't know that we win some of those games, like Notre Dame game or some of the – you can get this far, like, with this group just because of, you know, his attitude can rub some people the wrong way. And they kind of realize that in their own locker room this, this season. Mm-hmm. And so I think the culture that the coach we kept didn't get on the plane and – this group of guys that came in and wanted to do that with him, it just – it's amazing and speaks leaps and bounds, and we're in a better place, I think, than what we could have been. Yeah, it, it's uh, looking back, you know, how kind of devastated we were and, and to where now where we have all this hope and, and you have this newfound confidence in your in this team and this program and where it's going. 
you know, at the time we didn't know Mark Adams was going to want the job. Yeah. And so that, that makes a lot of difference to why we reacted so harshly, but you know, it's just, yeah, it, it's really cool to have kind of everything you thought validated, especially once coach Adams took the helm. We're like, Oh, we got this. He can, we can still be a really competitive team. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of college basketball media kind of shitting all over us, the Goodmans, yep. all thinking now yeah, we're going to go fall back into, you know, irrelevance. But instead of doing that, you were one of the best teams in the country all season, you know, the best defense in the country, yep. made the Sweet 16 in his first year and doing it with a bunch of, um, you know, kind of guys that, you know, weren't necessarily wanted by everybody, but you put the pieces together you got the right guys to stay with the program and, and yeah, it just makes it really sweet to know that your first year with Adams and UT's first year with beard, you outperformed them yeah, in, in, in just about every way. And so now the test comes once, you know, you keep getting more recruiting and more of that done, like yeah. where do we go from here? Uh, but it's definitely a good start that leaves you feeling really good about yourself. And I think that's what goes into why I'm that it, it didn't hurt as bad when we lost yep. to Duke, I think is because, I'm like, I think there's going to be, I feel like pretty confident that there's going to be more sweet 16 appearances in yeah. uh, Mark's Adams tenure. So, but Dustin, that that's a wrap on this season, man. Any final thoughts on, on uh, what was a, a great season and we enjoyed, you know, really getting to discuss this a lot. Yeah. Kind of, I'll miss these guys a lot and it kind of sucks that how this sport works is it never stops. I mean, we're going to talk about, the next group of guys already coming in and leaving and transfers are already getting put in and like, we can't even soak it in almost like, yeah. you know, we got the weekend and plane wasn't even back and TJ is already putting his, his out the door. She, you know, but yeah, don't forget about these guys. And I'm sure as tech fans, we won't, but man, yeah, they kind of, it's pretty cool. They were here. They've been here. What? six months some of them and seem into the legacy already that's that's gonna be cool so yeah good tie uh you know on the season there definitely gonna miss talking about it uh definitely gonna miss going to the games it's always you know really fun basketball atmosphere especially at the usa is just incredible Uh, and so it's definitely sad to not have it in our lives anymore but the news is ongoing so let's get into three big News items that uh, happened since the loss to Duke and Kevin McCuller, he announced that he is going to test the NBA waters. And, you know, kind of what that means nowadays is, is I definitely agree. Like it's something that you have to, that he needed to do. If you are a really good college basketball player, it's almost stupid not to try to test out the NBA waters. And a lot of players do this nowadays, but it's really just a, get tested, figure out what you need to work on, what the NBA scouts are saying you need to do to get drafted. And so it's a really smart move, I think, for his career. He's maintaining his eligibility. So I I think it's just one of those things where he's going to figure out what he needs to work on and ultimately and hopefully come back to Tech. He didn't necessarily say that he's going to come back to Tech in there. Um, Dustin, what did you think about McCuller in this decision to to test those waters. Yeah, that's absolutely what I think it is. Because just from watching him this year and even last year, like he's not an NBA first second round pick. So 
I don't think that's the next step for them. The next step is go get evaluated. Let yeah. them tell you, hey, you need this, that, and the other. Come back here, or if he wants to go somewhere else, go somewhere else to work on that. But, yeah, I don't see that as a – I see him playing college basketball next year. Yeah, I do too. And I can definitely see him as a player that plays in the pros. I, I thought yeah. he was – like besides Paolo – I thought he was maybe the second best player on the floor at times in that Duke game because he was yeah, just I'm not saying he, he can't make it. Yeah, he he was playing an incredible game against Duke, and so I think that definitely maybe got some scouts to be like, "Hey, you should, you know, maybe test it out, try yeah. it out." And so, hey, more power to him, and if he gets evaluated and should be drafted, like, sure. hey, I hope it works out. But right now, I just don't see him on any boards, and I don't really nah. see it as a possibility. So. Uh, hopefully we have McCuller back in the red and black next year. That would be, uh, you know, big and keeping him. And the next piece here that fell like the morning after, like Dustin said before, they felt like the plane was even landed. Terrence Shannon Jr. has entered the transfer portal. And so, and I'll go ahead and throw this guy out, but Chibuzo Agbo entered the transfer portal as yeah. well. Uh, I think you have to expect to see some more names come into the transfer portal as uh, the offseason plays out, but this is another thing that you just start to have to have to be ready for every offseason. You never know what players are going to return. Now at the NIL deals, it's free agency yep. every single offseason. Where can I go get the bigger NIL yep. deal? It's not always about the fit. It's about where that money is, and you put your name in that in the portal. Somebody's going to want you. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. trying to take advantage of that. Uh, I do appreciate, you know, the time he spent here. I didn't like that. It was so immediate after. Uh, yeah, I wish that's some my time. problem with it is he put it in before they were even back. Yeah. So that's that's kind of upsetting is this the timing of it. Like, we're not mad you're leaving. Like, I'm not surprised. He had a disappointing season, you know, did the whole NBA thing and then came back, didn't really do much for yeah. you on what he should have like he was supposed to be a first team all big 12 and very very much uh disappointed on that end and even like couldn't even get consistent minutes because of his play you know and his injuries and injuries so i'm not surprised i think he's probably going to try to look to go somewhere more offensive centric that fits his game and you know draft stock a little better which is fine do what's best for you man yeah, more power to him. You know, you hope that he finds a place that, you know, fits him and, and maybe does get him to his NBA dreams. But, yeah, I, I mean, disappointing season from him on all those kind of fronts where you were expecting greatness from him. And, you know, when you kind of think about the players that really impacted this team, I, I don't really know how high he falls on that, li on that list. But, you know, it is unfortunate. It is bizarre that, you know, I don't know if you're ever going to get the four-year senior that's, you know, at your program every single year nowadays with NIL and, and these transfer rules and the ability to go from school to school every single year, it feels like. So uh, it's definitely a different time in college sports, one you got to get used to. And, you know, hopefully McCullough comes back. But, you know, the transfer portal is going crazy. There are players from all over the country transferring. So, there's definitely going to be guys that come in and replace TJ and, and Chibuzo and on Chibuzo's real quick. Uh, this one was the least shocking thing to me ever. You? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not shocked. He's from San Diego. So one, he probably either wants to get back home or well, and two, he's probably just in his minutes this season. I mean, we went yeah. a very 
transfer market senior heavy team this year, and he just kind of got shifted down the end of the bench and couldn't get on the floor. And so, yeah, go get you some more minutes somewhere else, Buzo. I mean, yeah. if you want to come back, come back. But yeah, go test the waters, man. I mean, I'm not surprised that anybody wants to leave at this point. So, and also, yeah, putting your name in doesn't mean you can't go back to the same school. Right. I have a feeling he's not going to be coming Probably. back. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, I lo- loved Buzo, even though he didn't get to play a lot. Loved his attitude. Loved how he, every time he came on the court, he was going to fire that that shot up and oh, we yeah. got an green open light, opportunity. Green light city. Um, and so hope the best for him. Hope he finds a fit that's right for him and he gets some minutes and, and gets to impact the game uh, moving on. But, you know, just pay attention. There's rumors out there that more are to come. Uh, yeah. So just, May 1st uh, is the deadline to get your name into the portal. So there's going to be a whole month of getting into the portal action by everybody. Yeah. Like every team's going through this. Don't think tech fans are like, Oh my yeah. God, we have three or four or five guys in the portal. It's so everybody does. It's okay. Yep. It's the <laughs> new age of college sports. You got to be in by May 1st to be eligible for next season. Yeah. So expect a crazy April of transfers, but just know that we've got Mark Adams and company out there recruiting transfer as well. So whatever we're losing, we're, we're looking hey, to replace right. Uh, so there's always something positive on the other end. And uh, with the track record we have with transfers, I expect us to be able to be in the hunt for some good ones this year. But that kind of wraps up our, our basketball discussion for this week. And, um, you know, hate to see the season go, but we will keep you guys uh, locked and loaded on all sorts of news that breaks on um, players transferring or transferring in or whatever offseason uh things are going on we'll make sure you're caught up to date on that but we have an awesome baseball series to recap so let's go over to the diamond where kurt wilson the diamond that kurt wilson owns dustin and let's talk a little texas tech baseball texas tech baseball was in action over the weekend opening up big 12 play against the hated texas longhorns who came in ranked number two in the country and it was a wild a wild weekend at the law saw your red Raiders take the series from the Longhorns in pretty epic fashion. Dustin, you win your Friday opener with a walk-off steal of home plate by Kurt Wilson. And that's just the start of his weekend heroics. What did you, so were you watching that game or, or, or what was, uh, yeah. where were you at for this? Yeah, one? I watched, I watched and listened on Friday, Saturday, went to the game Sunday, but Watching, I mean, obviously the game was a defensive pitching game, and right. no one could score. They they kind of had felt like they had the momentum going into the extra innings, and you get two guys on, and then all of a sudden, like I thought, like somebody ran onto the field or something. Right? Yeah, it was weird. You just see people like standing up and looking towards like third base, the outfield area, and then raising hands, and it's like what is happening? Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden in your picture, you just see Kurt Wilson slide the catcher step up and then step over and slide in and pitcher still doing this. I thought like that pitcher balked or something. No, he's still doing Um, this. Like right now. Yeah. He's still doing that. If you go to the law, even though the tech game's playing right now, he's still there. They're they're having to pitch around him. Yeah. It was bizarre because I thought like they called the play dead or he balked or whatever. And (laughs) that's the funniest part. (laughs) 
We're like, what? And then we, we won. I think I was about to tweet out, like, man, how did you blow this opportunity you to just, win it here? Yeah, it slides was... in uncontested. Like, the catcher looked so defeated because he's like, they, throw me the ball. Never mind. <laughs> the easiest still of home ever. And they got the pitcher's face in him the whole time. Like, how do you not see that? The other kind of epic moment the from The best this reaction game. was the guy on second base. Because he starts running in and has his hands up before Kurt yeah, even yeah, scored. That, that great picture. Because, <laughs> yeah, everybody knew it. I think, like, the fans' reaction, there's some videos. Everybody kind of saw and knew. Because the pitcher just didn't react at all. Oh, so what a like, dumb play. Like He was either going to realize it and balk, or he was just going to let him score. But, wow, that's – on the pitching side, that's the dumbest play I've seen in the, at that kind of level in a long time. Yeah, was, it was oh, so man. bad. I don't know how how you let that happen, but he did. The other kind of epic moment from that game was early on in the first inning, Jace Young hits a bomb. And, yeah, I was um, watching just, Peacocks during this time. Oh, he was talking shit <laughs> the whole yeah, way around the bases. He – my dad was at the game, and he said he launched his bat like 20 feet in the air and then it ran around. And um, I only know what he was saying when he was rounding second because that's when they zoomed in on him. And you can hear, see him saying, this is my house, this is yeah, my yeah, house. Yeah. But he exchanged some words to the Texas bullpen when he rounded it. And I'm honestly kind of surprised he didn't get tossed for all of that. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he was doing it from when he left the batter's yeah. box. The disappointing thing about that, like, yeah, that moment was awesome, but then he, like, didn't do anything the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was like, yeah, Oops. he had that. And then <laughs> kind but, of forgot you know, he had to keep playing. <laughs> yeah. Kurt Wilson was like, no, this is my house, bro. <laughs> He's so, like, no, 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 you just live here. This is my house. <laughs> and so we move on to the Saturday game, which was a pretty epic game. Um, you saw the Red Raiders take the lead early, Texas fight back, tie the game up, then take a four-run lead. Uh, in the eighth inning, then saw Tech match that, tie it at 11. You go to extras. Texas goes up 12 to 11. In the bottom of the 10th, you're able to tie the game, load the bases, and guess who? Kurt Wilson, who stole home to win the last game, steps up and hits a walk-off grand slam to defeat Texas and take the series. Dustin, what was going through your head then? Like, how insane was that? That game was the Here's most. to you, Kurt. Probably one of the most insane baseball games ever I've, I've listened to, and then I watched the second half of it. Yeah, we score seven and then don't score for seven more innings, and they yeah. let them come back and take the lead. And once again, like it was the same story as Friday night, just a whole different score, like total offense, no defense, no pitching. And mm-hmm. they looked like they had all the momentum. Thank God we came back and tied it in the eighth against them. And then if you notice their grand old closer choked again. Yep. <laughs> Love that guy. One of my yeah, favorite no kidding. I was pissed when they took him out. <laughs> Nick like, no, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. He didn't do anything again. Let us score and tie it up in the tenth. Yeah. They they got up one and of course yeah, he gives up, Kelly the, came around. gives up the run for us. And then I just can't believe like Kurt Wilson did it again. Like I didn't realize it at first until he was, like, running bases, and they were like, the guy who stole home last night just hit the grand slam. I'm like, oh, my God, he did. (laughs) That's got to be – and I mean, I don't know how you find that, but I've seen some people tweet it out, but, like, that's got to be the first time in history that somebody's walked off two games, like, in that fashion. 
where you stole home and then you hit a grand slam the next day. Just like unbelievable stuff from him. Yeah. Whose legend continues to grow because, I mean, you think back to that uh, super regional that we had where we hit the bomb yep. that beat Oklahoma State. So Kurt Wilson loves the heroics, man. That was incredible. Uh, unfortunately, you fall in the Sunday game. Ah. But you win the series. But the legend of Kurt Wilson grows. The best thing about, yeah, Sunday we lost, got 12-1, run ruled, which kind of made it nice that Texas didn't get to enjoy and soak up beating us. It was kind of like, all right, the game's over, everybody leave. <laughs> they didn't get to rub it in our face and, you know, in the game how most of them end. But they out hit us over the weekend 49-22, to um, which is pretty staggering to me. Like, they – they their hitting dominated this weekend, especially their first baseman. My God, he kicked our ass a lot. I don't think we got him out until like the second at bat of Sunday. So yeah, he had multiple home runs all weekend. Should be the player of the week, except Kurt Wilson. You know, did did one better. The fact that we got out hit that bad worries me um, about our pitching. Maybe they're just that good at hitting, but. Our pitching is definitely not our strength going forward. Yeah, you got to figure some things out in the bullpen there for sure. At least you know you got a team that can battle back in some of those games and didn't matter what inning it was. Oh, yeah, that's the best part is, yeah, never gave up. You can come back and win it however you need to. But it was cool to get that win, and, of course, that elevated you to a top 10 ranking in the country. So you're kind of, you know, starting to get some notice around the country for uh, that performance, you were all over Twitter with those plays. It, it was a pretty good weekend for Tech Baseball, to say the least. So, uh, Dustin, moving on, what we got to look forward to with Tech Baseball this week? We are currently playing a midweek series at SFA on Tuesday and Wednesday night. We're cruising against them on Tuesday night. It's 10-1 to 1 right now. So, we'll beat them then. Hopefully, beat them tomorrow. They are horrible. I think they're like five and a lot of losses on the season. And then you go up to Kansas to play – Another conference weekend up there. So that's they're usually not that good at baseball either. So hopefully you can have a nice uh, five game win week. Yeah, that would be good, especially, you know, give yourself a really good start to the conference season um, by, you know, beating Texas, who was the favorite to win it, and then go in and sweep a Kansas team. So uh, and kind of keep yourself up at the top and in, in that race. But you got anything else for the club this week, Dustin? Kurt Wilson's always invited to the club, Red. Kurt Wilson's le- lifetime uh, yeah. VIP yeah. access uh, for the club. Exactly. So that will do it for Club Red this week. It's time to leave the club. Last call, all that good stuff. Make sure you are following us on Apple and Spotify. We would appreciate those five-star ratings on there and a review if you listen to us on apple also follow us on social media we're on twitter at tailgate underscore talks to catch what we're saying there go give us a follow uh also follow us on facebook and instagram facebook where you can catch our live shows uh every single week so that'll do it for the club this week Peace.